0: Alawapa, friends, it is the 12th day of will, year 175 of the Badi calendar, October 8th, 2018. Today's passage is sort of a long one. It's in Baha'i World Faith, Writings of Abdu'l-Baha, pages 280 to 284. The title is Industrial Justice. You have questioned me about strikes. This question is and will be for a long time the subject of great difficulties. Strikes are due to two causes. One is the extreme sharpness and rapacity of the capitalist and manufacturer, the other, the excesses, the avidity, and ill will of the workmen and artisans. It is necessary, it is therefore necessary, to remedy these two causes. But the principal cause of these difficulties lies in the laws of the present civilization. For they lead to a small number of individuals accumulating incomparable fortunes beyond their needs, whilst the greater number remains destitute, stripped, and in the greatest misery. This is contrary to justice, to humanity, to equity. It is the height of iniquity, the opposite of what causes divine satisfaction. This contrast is peculiar to the world of man. With other creatures, that is to say with nearly all animals, there is a kind of justice and equality. Thus, in a shepherd's flock of sheep, in a troop of deer in the country, among the birds of the prairie, of the plain, of the hill, or of the orchard, almost every animal receives a just share based on equality. With with them, such a difference in the means of existence is not to be found. So they live in the most complete peace and joy." It is quite otherwise with the human species, which persists in the greatest error and in absolute iniquity. Consider an individual who has amassed treasures by colonizing a country for his profit. He has obtained an incomparable fortune, and has secured profits and incomes which flow like a river. Whilst a hundred thousand unfortunate people, weak and powerless, are in need of a mouthful of bread, there is neither equality nor brotherhood. So you see that general peace and joy are destroyed, the welfare of humanity is partially annihilated, and that collective life is fruitless. Indeed, fortune, honors, commerce, industry are in the hands of some industrials, whilst other people are submitted to quite a series of difficulties and to limitless troubles. They have neither advantages, nor profits, nor comforts, nor peace then rules and laws should be established to regulate the excessive fortune of certain private individuals and limit the misery of millions of the poor masses. Thus, a certain moderation would be obtained. However, absolute equality is just as impossible, for absolute equality in fortunes, honors, commerce, agriculture, industry would end in a want of comfort, in discouragement, in disorganization of the means of existence, and in universal disappointment the order of the community would be quite destroyed. Thus there is great wisdom in the fact that equality is not imposed by law. It is, therefore, preferable for the moderation to do its work. The main point is, by means of laws and regulations, to hinder the constitution of the excessive fortunes of certain individuals and protect the essential needs of the masses. For instance, the manufacturers... And the industrials heap up a treasure each day, and the poor artisans do not gain their daily sustenance. That is the height of iniquity, and no man can accept it. Therefore laws and regulations should be established, which would permit the workmen to receive from the factory owner their wages and a share in the fourth or the fifth part of the profits, according to the wants of the factory, or in some other way the body of workmen and manufacturers should share equitably the profits and advantages. Indeed, the direction and administration of affairs come from the owner of the factory, and the work and labor from the body of the workmen. In other words, the workmen should receive wages which assure them an adequate support, and when they cease work, becoming feeble or helpless, they should receive from the owner of the factory a sufficient pension. The wages should be high enough to satisfy the workmen with the amount they receive, so that they may be able to put a little aside for the days of want and helplessness. When matters will be thus fixed, the owner of the factory will no longer put aside a daily treasure, which he has absolutely no need of, without taking into consideration that if the fortune is disproportionate, the capitalist succumbs under a formidable burden and gets into the greatest difficulties and troubles. The administration of an excessive fortune is very difficult and exhausts man's natural strength. And the workmen and artisans will no longer be in the greatest misery and want. They will no longer be submitted to the worst privatizations at the end of their life. It is then clear and evident that the reper- repetition of excessive fortunes amongst a small number of individuals, while the masses are in misery, is an iniquity and an injustice. In the same way, absolute equality would be an obstacle to life, to welfare, to order, and to the peace of humanity. In such a question, a just medium is preferable. It lies in the capitalists being moderate in the acquisition of their profits, and in their having a consideration for the welfare of the poor and needy. That is to say that the workmen and artisans received a fixed and established daily wage, and have a share in the general profits of the factory." It would be well with regard to the social rights of manufacturers, workmen, and artisans that laws be established, giving moderate profits to manufacturers and to workmen, the necessary means of existence and security for the future. Thus, when they become feeble and cease working, get old and helpless, and die leaving children under age, these children will not be annihilated by excess of poverty. And it is from the income of the factory itself to which they have a right, that they will derive a little of the means of existence. In the same way, the workmen should no longer rebel and revolt, nor demand beyond their rights. They should no longer go out on strike. They should be obedient and submissive and not ask for impudent wages. But the mutual rights of both associated parties will be fixed and established according to custom by just and impartial laws. In case one of the two parties should transgress, the courts of justice would have to give judgment and by an efficacious fine put an end to the transgression. Thus order will be re-established and the difficulties settled. The interference of courts of justice and of the government in difficulties pending between manufacturers and workmen is legal, for the reason that current affairs between workmen and manufacturers cannot be compared with ordinary affairs between private persons, which do not concern the public and with the government should not occupy itself. In reality, although they appear to be matters between private persons, these difficulties between patrons and workmen produce a general detriment, for commerce, industry, agriculture, and the general affairs of the country are all intimately linked together. If one of these suffers an abuse, the detriment affects the mass. Thus the difficulties between workmen and manufacturers become a cause of general detriment. The Court of Justice and the government have therefore the right of interference— When a difficulty occurs between two individuals with reference to private rights, it is necessary for a third to settle the question. It is the part of the government, then the question of strikes, which causes trouble in the country and are often connected with the excessive vexations of the workmen, as well as with the rapacity of manufacturers. How could it remain neglected? Good God, it is impossible that seeing one of his fellow creatures starving, destitute of everything, A man can rest and live comfortably in his luxurious mansion? He who meets another in the greatest misery, can he enjoy his fortune? That is why in the religion of God it is prescribed and established that wealthy men each year give over a certain part of their fortune for the maintenance of the poor and unfortunate. That is the foundation of the religion of God and the most essential of the commandments. As now man is not forced nor obliged by the government, If by the natural tendency of his good heart, with the greatest spirituality, he goes to this expense for the poor, this will be a thing very much praised, approved, and pleasing. Such is the tablet of the good works in the divine books and tablets. All right, I'm going to continue on with the hidden words we kind of diverted on Friday from the natural progression of the hidden words, but this is the ninth hidden word from the Arabic. O son of being, my love is my stronghold. He that entereth therein is safe and secure. He that turneth away shall surely stray and perish. I'm going to end today with a prayer for tests and difficulties from the Baha'i Prayer Book, on page 223. This prayer was written by the Bob. O Lord, thou art the remover of every anguish and the dispeller of every affliction. Thou art he who banisheth every sorrow, and setteth free every slave, the Redeemer of every soul. O Lord, grant deliverance through thy mercy, and reckon me among such servants of thine as have gained salvation. Thank you for joining me today at Scattering Angels, and I will um, do another podcast on Wednesday, and then this week I'm going to do the third podcast of the of the week on Thursday instead of Friday. So I will see you then and have a beautiful day. Thank you.